how the GOP suckered America on tax cuts. It's Labor Day, so let's look at the radically different ways income tax cuts or increases affect working class people versus the morbidly rich. It all boils down to two simple principles, which are, unfortunately, a mystery to most Americans and ignored in both our political and media discussions of income taxes. One, income taxes for the morbidly rich raise the nation's debt but do nothing else. Reagan's BS trickle-down claims notwithstanding, tax cuts for the rich don't even stimulate economic growth. They just fatten billionaires' money bins and offshore accounts. And because tax cuts for the rich are paid for by increasing the national debt, they're a drag on the economy. They make rich people richer, but make the nation poorer. Two, cutting income taxes on working-class people, however, actually cuts their base pay over the long run. And paradoxically, when income taxes on working people go up, they did, as they did in the 1930s uh, through the 1960s, it generally leads to pay increases. This shocking and counterintuitive reality is something no politician since FDR has had the courage to explain. Wait a minute, I can hear you saying. Cutting taxes on rich people makes them richer, but cutting taxes on working class people cuts their pay? WTF? Here's how it works with a short story thrown in. Some years ago, I did my radio program for a week from the studios of Danish Radio in Copenhagen. Speaking with one of the more conservative members of Parliament, I asked why the Danish people didn't revolt over an average 52% income tax rate on working people, with an even higher rate on really high earners. He pointed out to me that the average Dane was doing just fine, with a minimum wage that averaged around $18 an hour, free college and free health care, not to mention four weeks of paid vacation every year, and notoriety is the happiest nation on earth, according to a study done by the University of Leicester in the, in, in the United Kingdom. You Americans are such suckers, he told me, and I reported some years ago. You think the rules for taxes that apply to rich people also apply to working people, but they don't. When working people's taxes go up, he said, their pay also goes up over time. When their taxes go down, their pay goes down. It may take a year or two or three to all even out, but it always works that way. Look at any country in Europe. And that rule on taxes is the exact opposite of how it works for rich people. Economist David Ricardo explained this in 1817 with his Iron Law of Wages, laid out in his book On the Principles of Political Economy and Taxation. Ricardo pointed out that in the working class labor marketplace, before tax income is pretty much irrelevant. The people live on, the money people live on, the money that defines the marketplace for labor is take-home pay, after-tax income. But the rules for how taxes work are completely different for rich people. When taxes go down on rich people, they simply keep the, the money that they save saved with the tax cut. They use it to stuff larger wads of cash into their money bins. When taxes go up on them, they'll just raise their own pay until they hit a confiscatory tax rate, which hasn't existed since the Reagan Revolution, and then they'll stop giving themselves raises and leave the money in their company. And, history shows, while keeping that money in their company to avoid a high-top tax bracket, employers typically pay their workers more over time as well. In other words, as taxes go up, income typically goes up for working-class people, but goes down for the very rich. High tax brackets discourage exploitation by the very rich and push up wages for the working class people. We saw this throughout the 1940 to 1980 period. Income at the very tip top was stable at about 30 times workers' wages because rich people didn't want to get pushed into that very tip top bracket of 74%. But for working class people, Ricardo pointed out 200 years ago, the rules are completely different. 
When working class people end up with more after-tax money as a consequence of a tax cut, their employers realize that they're receiving more than the market for labor would dictate. And over time, the iron law dictates that employers will cut back those wages when working class people get a tax cut. For example, if the average worker on an automobile assembly line made $30,000 a year in take-home pay, all the car manufacturing companies know that 30000 in their pockets is what people will build cars for. It's the set point in the market for labor for that industry or type of job. Because of income taxes, both federal, state, and local, an auto worker may need to, make, may need to gross pre-tax income of $40,000 a year to end up with that $30,000 take-home pay. So that $40,000 gross before tax income becomes the average pay across the industry. At that pay and tax rate, workers end up taking home $30,000 a year. But what happens if that income tax for working class people is cut in half? Now a $40,000 a year auto worker's salary produces $35,000 a year in take-home pay, and employers in the auto industry know that's $5,000 a year more than they have to pay to hire new people to build cars. Put another way, the employers know that they can hire people in the labor market for $30,000 a year take-home pay, which is now a gross salary of $35,000. So they begin lowering their $40,000 gross wage offerings toward $35,000 to make up for the tax cut and to keep take-home pay within the $30,000 market for wages. Since Matt Reagan's massive tax cut, we've seen this very phenomena in the auto industry itself. As taxes went down, pay has been more than cut in half for new hires. In other words, income taxes don't increase the take-home pay of working people who have little control over their salaries. It's the opposite, in fact. On the other hand, when tax income taxes on working people increase, employers have to raise working class wages so their workers' take-home pay stays the same. And that's exactly what happened in the period from the 1940s to the 1980s as tax rates were fairly high across the board. But when income tax pe- taxes on working people go down, employers will reduce the wages they offer over time to keep their workers' take-home pay at the same level. That, after all, is what Ricardo's market for labor specifies. But the rules are completely different for the rich who live outside the iron law of labor. When taxes change for the very rich, they take home less money. When taxes go up and keep more money when taxes go down, it's the opposite of what happens to working class people. The incredible magic trick that the morbidly rich have done in America over the past 40 years is to convince average working people that the tax rules for the rich also apply to working class people, and therefore tax cuts benefit average workers too. Economists have known since the early 1800s that this is nonsense, as David Ricardo and many others have pointed out. But after decades of this, you should worry about tax increases on the the same way rich people do, message being pounded into our brains by Republican politicians. Working people think that tax cuts benefit them and tax increases hurt them. It's a real testimonial to the power of of the Republican propaganda machine that even though individual wages have been flat or even declining in many industries for the past 40 years because of Republican tax cuts, the average American still thinks tax cuts are a good thing for them. In fact, the time of greatest prosperity for the working class, when working class take-home pay and wealth was increasing faster than the income and wealth of the top 1%, was the period from 1940 to 1980 when taxes were high and the nation was prosperous. FDR raised the top tax bracket, to 90%, and it stayed there throughout his administration, as well as those of Truman, Eisenhower, JFK, and the early years of LBJ. 
President Johnson dropped it to 74%, which held through his administration, as well as those of Nixon, Ford, and Carter. This high-tax period was the time of maximum American working-class prosperity. Reagan's massive tax cuts in the 1980s put an end to that and started the explosion of wealth at the top, which has led America to produce over 700 billionaires today, and gutted America's ability to maintain first-class infrastructure. Another way to put this simply is that tax cuts and tax increases on working-class people are essentially irrelevant. Tax cuts only help the morbidly rich, while tax increases only help working-class people and reduce the national debt. Over time, Ricardo's market for labor will always normalize wages, regardless of tax rates on working-class people. But that rule does not apply to rich people because they can simply change their own income in response to tax policy. They are the only winners from tax cuts. To stabilize our economy and re-empower working people, we must bring back the high tax bracket, top tax bracket, that existed before the Reagan Revolution. It will also provide the necessary funds to rebuild our country from the wreckage of Reagan's neoliberal policies, which are still largely in place. By taxing income at the very top brackets at a rate well above 50%, ideally the 74% rate we had before Reagan, we stabilize the economy, stop the relentless poaching of working people's wages for the money bins of the rich, and begin restoring our middle class. And raising taxes on the morbidly rich also funds government programs that support the middle class, things like health care, free public education, and anti-poverty programs. It's time to renormalize taxes on the morbidly rich and leave them where they are on working class people so we can again have a growing economy and a prosperous middle class.